The Morning Show team is gathered and ready. Taylor Long has Ohio Valley headlines. Adam Fike has the detailed forecast. And Bob Slider and Tony Caridi have sports. Plus commentary, rants, and interviews with Howard Monroe. This is the Watchdog Morning Show on the Watchdog Radio Network. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Put a smile upon your face as if there's nothing wrong. Think about a good time had a long time ago. Think about forgetting about your worries and your woes. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. I don't know the sunny outside right now. We had overcast skies earlier. It's supposed to be cloudy through the mid-morning, but we will see sun later this afternoon. Daytime high around 54. Right now, 44, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 44 at the Highlands, 43 in my backyard in Elm Grove, where I am not, and 43 degrees here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. It's 9, 10, 10 minutes after the hour. Glad you are here for our conversational ride. Most of our morning spent talking about the uh, Joe Manchin uh, announcement yesterday. Joe Manchin has decided to not run for re-election. I will be honest, that surprised me. Um, if I had been a betting man, I would have bet that he's going to run for re-election. I would have been wrong. Uh, but he told us himself here on this show a couple weeks ago that, you know, it was just, that was only one of three possible options. I knew he wouldn't retire. He can't retire. He can't not do anything. Uh, just not in Joe Manchin's nature. Um, but I was surprised. Were you surprised? I didn't ask you, actually. Were you, when you heard it, were you surprised? Maybe, but maybe I'll stir it up with you and Mr. McCabe asking you. I don't think – he didn't make his mind up yesterday or the day before. He he pretty much knew this all along, didn't he? I mean, no. he was kind of like uh, deceiving I, I, with us, I, no, wasn't I he, Howard? Think, I, no. John, I, I, help me, John. I know, I know Joe Manchin reasonably well, and – I don't know that he – I'm not – I suspect he didn't wake up yesterday morning and said, well, what the heck, today's the day. But I, I think he wrestled with this for a while. I don't, I don't think he was deceiving us. I think he truly was weighing all these different options. Mr. McCabe, what do you think? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it's right before the holidays, so maybe he looked at it and talked with, with his wife, Gail, and said, you know, do we really want to have this hanging over us through Thanksgiving and Christmas and the new year? You know, he had said all along he would make a decision in January. Well, when, when he was here two weeks ago, he said that he would make the decision around Thanksgiving. So he's right on the target. Okay. He, he had yeah, so I uh, wasn't surprised. You know, I, I thought it was the, you know, it's hard to, to, Joe Manchin is a very vibrant 76 years old. I mean, he's got a lot of energy. The mind is very, very sharp. Um, but again, he's 76. Um not surprised he's not running again because, again, he gets in, you know, what, 83 at the end of his next term, you know. Um, and, you know, as, as the national stories now, he's not ruled out running for president if, if a no-labels ticket does come together. No, although that is not what he's been saying specifically. He said he's going to, what he said yesterday, take, to travel around the country. Sure, unite the middle. When he was here, he said I th- I'm, one of my options might be to go on a national tour. He's been kind of careful not to – tie that new, new no labels right. presidential thing here but that seems to be what he's testing the waters for sure, maybe sure um you know we had an op-ed in today uh, you know from, from the senator you know he's he laid out you know his accomplishments for west virginia over the last you know, roughly 30 years and it's been a lot you know he he was a 
very effective go- governor, whether you liked his policies or not. He so knew how to get Secretary of State before that. Secretary of State before that. He knew how to get people together and sit them down and work out compromise. And that's something that, you know, the level of of consternation now between the executive and legislative branches just here in West Virginia alone is is very high. You know, Governor Justice talks about giving pay raises, and what's the first thing that happens? You know, the Senate Finance Chair says, well, we, yeah, we, not under my watch. Well, you, you, know. you, you made us do that income yeah. tax uh, proposal, and now we can't afford pay raises. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, again, you know, it, there's like no sitting down and talking about it. It's just one-up each other. But And, and Joe, Joe managed things much better and didn't have that happen, at least publicly. So it's going to be interesting to see over this next, you know, six to eight months as he does move around the country, meet with political action committees and groups and do, you know, do uh, town halls and whatnot. Um, I'll be curious to see what, how this tour, this, uh, <laughs> what form it takes, how, mm-hmm. you know, what is he, how's it, how's he going to. Is it John Huntsman again, or is it someone like that, you know, a, a right. middle of the road Republican who will they're going to go around? Will he be tied with no labels? Will, will mm-hmm. this be a no labels tour or is uh, Joe just going to go out visiting? I yeah. mean, I, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see. The only thing I guarantee, when he gave us three options last time, he said, retire, run for re-election, go on a national tour. I knew he wasn't going to retire. Mm-hmm. Joe Manchin can't retire. I mean, I, I, honestly, I still think his best choice is to be the president of WVU, although he's ruled that out. Okay. I mean, I think I think that's I, I if I were he, that's uh, there, there's there's no possibility of that happening in my opinion with the all the things with his daughter from 15 well, years I, ago. I, I, I think that clear, would and he was definitively said no. But and, and I I know that rumor's been out there for a while, but I think that would you know the university's already kind of hanging on the precipice in some ways. I think you would see a mass exodus. Yeah, they got you know they got their own problems. Maybe Mansions maybe, maybe Mansions problems would be a different set of problems that might blow the uh, other ones away. I don't know. I think it might I just blow know. everything up but a uh, um, different story so what impact do you think joe well, let, let's talk about a couple of things john and john mccabe is here with his newspaper editor extraordinaire as we uh, do our friday roundtable and we'll spend most of our time or a lot of our time talking about the mansion story because it it is the big story of of the day um and of the week and of the month probably it certainly is high abc news is headed sure. number one or number two all morning long <coughs> it's the big national story the impact on the u.s senate yeah it um you know that that seat was going to be a stretch for Democrats to keep anyway. It's not that they had seated it, but you know their, their best chance of holding that seat in a year where it was going to be tough to keep the Senate anyway. You know, in 2024, you know now has essentially been seated, as you said earlier. You know, and I got an email yesterday afternoon from Mr. Shrewsbury right. saying, "Hey, don't forget about me." I, I did. And everyone I mean, was kind of like, "Well, did anyone even know who you were in the first place?" And I'm not being mean, like but, you, I get emails from candidates literally all across yeah. the country. And 90% of the time, I just I don't even look at them because they're not relevant here. For some reason, I paid attention, and I said, oh, Shrewsbury, okay, well, what's this guy? And he said, well, I am currently running for, excuse me, what? Yeah, exactly. You are currently <laughs> running, you are actually, right now, you're a candidate for the it's Democratic. From, what, down in Mercer County, I think. You know, yeah. So we'll talk to him next week here on the show. I figure he deserves a little bit of attention. But Do, do, do you see any statewide Democrats no, jumping in no the statewide. race? No, there are no statewide Democrats. Well, you've got, I mean, you've got Ben Salango, you've got Mike Pushkin, you, you know, Sean Fluhardy. You know, Sean, like, that would be a good race for Sean to get into, don't you think? Maybe a little jump high for <laughs> Maybe Sean, just a jump for, high. For Sean. Yeah. Um, Push, I, I don't know, Pushkin, maybe. I, I mean, I, it, it, those are the only people that would. Slango, I think, has seen his one and only I, I totally shot. agree. I, I of course, ben, his wife just passed, so he would not want to jump into that. I, I can't see Ben Salango. I, th- I think he took a shot at the, the governor's race last time. 
Um, Steve Williams. Him. Well, he's already. I mean, he's no, he's announced for governor, but he'd probably have a better shot at uh, at, at the you know at the U.S. Senate than he does for the governor's seat. Um, Steve, that's you know, and again, there may be other Steve Williams out there. Steve Williams is a name sure. that's one of the reasons I think Steve Williams has a shot, a shot, not the great shot, but a shot at the governor's race is um, he is he has somewhat of a reputation and he's got a, a resume. But he's not so well known that he's got negatives right. attached to him. Right. And there could be others out there. I don't know who they are, and I mean it's my party, but I don't know who's. You know, they just there just are no other names out. Yeah. There. Yeah. Um, it's hard to believe after eighty years of you know pure dominance in this I mean, state after, that the bench after fell the, apart. After the Mullahan and Mullahan and Ray Hall and uh, Bird and, and Bird yeah. and and Rockefeller mm-hmm. and you know Nick the name Casey after you name after name like yeah, Nick, that, yeah. and then now what do we got? We got nothing. Yeah. We got not, we got Zach Shrewsbury. No offense. No Zach. offense to Mr. Shrewsbury. But I mean, we got Zach Shrewsbury. You're gonna jump right on his bandwagon, right? Yeah, if I can remember his name, I, <laughs> Shrewsbury's an easy one to remember. I'll give him that. You yeah, know, so. I don't know if you have any good jingles you can make from Shrewsbury. <laughs> we'll have to, have to but, see. Uh, I love the way Governor uh, Justice um, yesterday in responding to this. Now they're not quite buddies, but I've always respected him. Well, I know he's got the state at his at best inches of the state at his heart. I don't have the exact quote here, but, um, you know, now that he's out of the race, why, well, he's a good guy. And I, you well, know, you know, there there are even— Which is the, which is the gentlemanly sure, thing to do, sure. don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, and, but there are so many little intricate details where Governor uh, Justice and, Joe, and Senator Manchin are involved. I mean, you know, the, the most obvious one is Larry Puccio. You know, Larry is kind of at either one side at any given time when— when uh, when they need him or pay him or whatever, um, it uh, it so that's very interesting. Um, but no, yeah, Puccio is, is quite frankly interesting. He's an agent for hire, always. Yes, yeah. 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 I mean, he's working with more capito Some he's working with Jim Justice. Of course, worked a long, long time with Joe Manchin. On the other hand, if you're in West Virginia and you want to be a political consultant, a campaign, you know, whatever. <laughs> Got to go with the almost have to be willing to work with the Republicans. Sure, hundred uh, percent. Uh, you know, it, that's that's the landscape today. Um, you know, it's going to be this is going to be an interesting. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what Senator Manchin does over these next number of months and how he handles his time in Washington. Um, you know, and if he is in fact done, done, how he kind of finishes out his you know legacy. And then who steps up and fills the void? It is uh, interesting. I, I hadn't thought about what you just said until I, I saw the comments from Josh Schwartz from the AFL-CIO in West Virginia last night. And uh, he was talking about, you know, we want to work with the senator for the remaining time he has sure. to get some things done. And, I mean, that is something that Manchin, he can, during the period of time before he is out of office, he has nothing to lose, so right. he can act as he chooses to without worrying about alienating anybody or, you know, do what he thinks is best. So there could be some interesting things happening. Yeah, I mean, he, again, always that pivotal vote, uh, you know, from, from the 51-49 split that that's exists right now. Um, so you know, it's going to be interesting again I, I hate to keep using that word but you know there's just so much unknown right now and how things are going to play i mean obviously um you know jim justice and alex mooney 
or are going to probably ramp up their. Did you their see? Did Mooney have a comment on this? I don't recall seeing one yesterday. I, thought I saw something this morning from him. I'm not, but I'm not sure off the top of my head. I thought I had an email this morning, but I have to double check that while we're um, talking here. I, I I didn't see anything from him last night. I don't think I did. At least I could be wrong. Um, um you know, uh, it, the the dog food treats kind of threw me for a loop there, Howard. Dog food treats. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> kind of lost train of thought that, when I looked at the dog. You didn't have a dog treats. in here yesterday when you were doing the noon No, time. but I'm going to automatically blame it on Donnie Gilbert because he <laughs> has the uh, the kennel. Uh, uh, Nelson Crop comes in with uh, the pet of the week. Oh, so I would say they're, they're, they belong to Donnie. <laughs> All the, right. Anyway, the sorry poor, about that. <laughs> the poor guy is sick. He's recuperating. And you're still going to throw him under the bus. I think they're his treats, Howard. <laughs> All right. Any which way, sorry for Y'all the can't lust see even, train of even thought. Even on Facebook, you can't see that, but we have a bag of doggy treats here. <laughs> Beneful, I believe. Beneful, yes. yes. Purina Beneful. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Any which way. Um, well, I, I don't know. I, I totally I lost my train of thought well, I was here. looking for anything from Mooney, and I don't, I don't see anything yet from him. Uh, unless it went into my spam folder, which could be. Because Come on now, Howard. <laughs> Sitting member of Congress, be better. Um. You know, so I, I guess as you look back, you know, and let's just say Joe Manchin does not run for president. Where, how do you how do you rate Joe Manchin as a as a political figure in West Virginia? One of the most dominant. Mm-hmm. In how long? But just in the state's history, you think? In the state's history, yeah. I think that his time as governor obviously is his is his crowning achievement. Mm-hmm. Um, he was what a governor should be. Now, as you pointed out earlier. Part of what he was was what people didn't like. I mean, when Joe Manchin ran the state, look, let me contrast with Jim Justice, and I don't want to get overly critical. With Jim, Jim Justice doesn't seem to be running anything. Right. I, I mean, seriously, he just he's done. He's not. When Joe Manchin was governor, there wasn't anything in the state that didn't go through his office, whether it was supposed to or not. That's what Joe did. I mean, he he had control of everything in the state. And he could, and he talks often about it, he was really able to pull people together in a room and say, we're not leaving until we have an agreement here. Yeah, you know, I It was think, a different time, but... Well, it was, and I think those are those kind of those uh, intangibles that true leaders have when, you know, you can take two or three people and, and put them in front of a group of folks and have them say exactly the same thing. And, you know, one person's going to be too shrill. One person's going to be too, you know, whatever. Some people just have that presence like like Senator Manchin does to just say, you know, Howard, I mean, come on. We can't really sit this down. Are you telling me you're that, you know, that's where you're at, that you're not going to sit down with me and, you know, share breakfast and we're going to figure this out like don't, two good don't, normal don't people. Don't we all have the interest yeah. of the state at heart? Yeah. Surely we can work, you know, let's. Uh, and it's hard to say no to him. Exactly. And that, that was the key is he's just got that intangible or those intangibles that he was hard to say no to. He's got great charisma, very good personality. Um, and he used that very much to his benefit. You know, I, I, I agree with you. I'd say he's probably in the. You know the top five of That's the state political say, of, figures of, ever. Ever in this, you know, state. Um, you know, obviously put him up with some of the founders, uh, and um, you know, even maybe folks. Uh, it's interesting, and of course, this is not the end of his career, so I don't want. To no, s- no, no, no. By I, no I, means, I don't want to sound like this, but I got reflecting on my connection with Joe Manchin's last night. I remember uh, when he first ran for Secretary of State, and my phone at home at, at home rang, and I answered, it, and he says, "Howard, you don't know me. I'm Joe Manchin." And I'm running for Secretary of State, and uh, I was in town this week, and I forgot to come meet you. 
and I'm told I need to meet you. And that was my first contact with him. And, and, and that, but that's the, kind of, that's the kind of retail politician he 100%. was. Well, that, and he has a great staff around. I mean, I know, I know yesterday he really did give a lot of credit to his staff, and he has had for a long time a really strong staff around him. You know, I was with him back in May, and, you know, he's met my family members maybe once, and we've talked about him maybe a few other times. But, you know, so somebody, though, had him coached up. Oh, how's your daughter? How's this? Yep, How, you yep, know, yep. he's just very personable um, and, uh, and and knows how to, to – to touch people, you know, just not the Joe Biden type touching, but just, you know, like, hey, come on now. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. <laughs> well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Um, uh, Joe Manchin uh, officially announces not running for reelection. Um, I thought maybe, again, when he was here and then he offered the options, and I thought, you know, I could see him running as an independent. Mm-hmm. That I could see, maybe not being a Democrat. I really didn't think he would uh, pull the pin. Yeah, no, you know, I, I kind of agree with you, but also look at it, and I think, you know, 30-plus-year career in politics in this state, you know, long family history of politics and more in this state, you know, and, and involved, you know, family involved with the Farmington mine explosion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he was personally involved with Sago, et cetera. You know, do you really, you know, with the way the winds are blowing right now, do you really want to go out losing to Jim Justice well, or, or Alex Mooney? You know, I mean, it's it's almost a, you know, our, our politics are so odd right now. You know, does he really want to run that risk? I mean, you always run the risk when you run, obviously, of course, of, of losing. Um, but this is such a different time right now to where, you know, for many people, the Joe Manchin name is just, you know, it, it rolls very poorly off the tongue for folks. And, uh, and so... I'm sure that weighed in a lot as well of looking at it and say, you know, if I lose, does that really sully my legacy? And it, which it may well. So, um, you know, that has to factor in. I mean, I know he would have been in to win without a doubt. Oh, yeah. And expected to win. But it's um, it's different times right now. Uh, Joe Manchin himself will be on with Hoppy Kirchable today, 11.06 at the 11 o'clock hour statewide talk line. Before that, uh, on Hoppy Show, Mike Pushkin is going to be on to talk about it. Brad McElhinney is going to do some analyzing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the national uh, Fox reporters that Hoppy uses are going to be talking about it as well. Uh, and then I suspect it will be a very interesting edition of Steam release today mm-hmm. at 1130. Uh, but it's Joe Manchin, 11 to 6, 1106, here on this radio station with Hoppy Kirchival. All right, John McKeeb and I will kick a few other things around. Bob, you want to do some fast after the break, uh, quick uh, highlights? Yeah, we can do that. We haven't done our highlights yet because I wasn't sure if you were coming in yet. Or not, sure. So we held them. So we'll do the highlights. McCabe and I have a few other things to talk about. Roundtable is underway. It's a Friday edition of the Watchdog Morning Show. Hi, this is Hoppy Kirchival from Talkline on Metro News. Show comes your way weekdays, 10.06 till noon. Next show, Friday morning. And coming up on the Friday edition, U.S. Senator Joe Manchin joins us at 11.06. Also, because it's Friday, that means Steam release, your chance to vent, get off your chest, plus all the news of the day. So keep track of what's happening in West Virginia and enjoy Steam release. Talk line Friday morning at 10.06, right here on this Metro News radio station.
We are back. Check out your favorite talk radio station on our new Facebook page at Watchdog WV. Click our like button to follow what's happening on the Watchdog FM 98.1 and 97.7 AM 1600 and 1370. On FM, on AM, online, on demand, and on video. We are where you are. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe is here now. Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today. I want to be a part of it. That guy's pretty good. Yeah, you know what? Uh, she beats uh, old blue eyes. Oh, it's a woman. I didn't know it was a woman. Hey, wait, wait a minute now. What a wonderful woman, a beautiful woman, a great singer. A Excuse me, singer. sir. No, no, that's Liza Minnelli. Liza with a Z. Liza <laughs> yeah. with a Z. Yikes. How can you, how can you say that, Bob? Well, I played that special for you, Howard, because you uh, you had an idea for a song that just wasn't going to work because it was a live version, and I know how much you think of her, and I thought, ah, that'll perk Howard up. It'll kill John and I, but uh, we'll play Liza Minnelli, maybe for the last time. New York, New York. I have no idea why, but for a period of time years ago, I used New York, New York for my theme song. I don't know why. I, I don't think it was Liza's version. I forget whose version it was. Might have been, Might have even been Sinatra's, but... When I stop and think, you know, dumb theme songs I've done over the years, like the very first theme song I ever had in my entire life back in 1968 when I started Teen Line Teens Talking on Teen Topics, a radio talk show, the theme song was Sounds of Silence. How dumb was that? And then I don't know why I used New York, New York for a period of time, too. I, I don't know. I had a Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy from Company B, but that was done by a couple of local people who adapted it with my name in it. And, stuff. and then you found Hank Snow, so you, you, you come all the way around. Hello, Howard. love, who's that coming <laughs> through the door? I think we've met somewhere before. Hello, love. Uh, McCabe is here. I want to do a few more highlights of the Upper Ohio Valley uh, news, including homeless talk in the city of Wheeling, and maybe talk about the um, uh, vote in Ohio on issues one and two. But, Mr. Slider, um, why don't we take a little time to talk about the highlights of the week last week? I normally do this in the first hour. To be brutally honest, if you want to know how things get planned here, I wasn't sure if John was coming in today, so I thought, well, we'll save the highlights so we'll have something to talk about in this hour. i got to mention Santa because, you know, we want to stay on the good list there. But oh, I oh, really oh. thought uh, we could have done a couple hours with uh, Randy yesterday, an old radio guy that was really knowledgeable about all the stuff that has happened here in the Valley in his his lifetime. Uh, really didn't get into the Pirates like I was hoping to because we ran out of time. But I thought he was great, Howard. I thought Barry was really good, the ghost guy. I so, thought he was going to be one of those wackos that said, yeah. you are surrounded by ghosts. And he said, no, don't be silly. There's no ghost out there. What's the matter with you, Bob? <laughs> but the highlight is today. The Joe Manchin really helped us out. And uh, you jumped on it. You're continuing to, to talk to John McCabe about it. So I think that has to be the highlight was uh, Joe Manchin. I and brought, we're still talking about it. I brought it. I, I divided it into three areas, as I often do. First place, this week was a week where we had so much big stuff going on, interviews, news, breaking news, and so on. 
there wasn't a lot of the usual goopy little silly stuff where you did something dumb or I did something dumb or a caller called in. I, I didn't have any of that for our highlights. Um, I called it the fun stuff, and you hit on both of them. It was really fun to have Santa Claus here in the studio. And I know it was a busy day, and we should have taken time more to talk about serious stuff. But, I, you know, just sometimes you got to take a break. And I enjoyed talking to Santa Claus, and I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, some of that video is up online on my Facebook page. Not all of it, but some of it, if you want to watch it. And then Randy Chamberlain from Moundsville. Councilman, former mayor, former um, businessman, retired businessman, and former disc jockey. Uh, he's got a new book out called uh, Memories from Around the Mound, uh, just a collection of stories that he had in the Moundsville Echo. And we had fun just talking about the old days. I love that. Yeah, we really really did. And I uh, really had a, a good time talking about our old friend Todd Jeffers, who's on the wall here, unfortunately, because that means he passed the away. Wall of death. Yeah. But uh, he even knew Todd Jeffers, so that was great. Uh, then on the serious side of life, obviously, a discussion of Ohio Issues 1 and 2. We had that uh, pre, pri, prior to the vote, after the vote. Uh, what's going to happen next? We had David DeWitt from the Ohio Capital Journal on to talk about that. Uh, Mr. McCabe and I, in fact, may pick up on that in a minute or two. I thought Rabbi uh, Leaf was really good. He's always good. I mean, Rabbi Leaf is just a great guest. Uh, first you, place. You just let him go. That's yeah. all you do. You know, I don't know if you heard Hoppy had him on one day this week. You know how Hoppy likes to interject. There, he gives no you interject. no second to interject. No, no. He just talks. He is Well, he's a good orator, yes, and he's a thinker. I mean, Rabbi Leaf, you know, he, he's not just prattling. He's yeah. he's thinker. He's a thinker, and I really enjoyed uh, having him on talking about anti-Semitism, and I tried to focus that a little bit more on the personal, his personal feelings about this, not so much the big Israel-Hamas pictures they're growing up, but you know, as a Jew, how do you handle it when you know that you are being ostracized? That was kind of fun. And then, Bob, obviously, as you point out, probably the big story of the week and probably for some time to come, today's story. We very seldom have a Friday story on our highlights, the Joe Manchin story. Bob, I also want to say we had one more category, the fun stuff, the serious stuff. We had the sad stuff. You know what, Howard, I was going to touch on that because it certainly was a, a highlight for me to get to tell everybody about my friend Jim Frio Sr., James Frio Sr., uh, who passed away unexpectedly. And you say, well, he was 98. How could you be shocked by that? But we were all shocked because the day before that he was driving his car and he was the same old self. And thank you for that, Howard. It was really tough for me to, to talk about Mr. Frio, but we had to. You know, he was my hero. And uh you don't see too many guys from the Second World War anymore, and uh, go find one, and find one as vibrant as him and so full of life, and, the other and that's what was shocking. And the other sad stuff was the passing of uh, Mayor Elliott's dad, Absolutely. Glenn Elliott Sr. So, uh, so we had the fun stuff, the serious stuff, and the sad stuff of the week. Those are, those are our highlights of the week. 935, 25 to the hour, Ohio Valley headlines from uh, who's, oh, Rebecca, Rebecca's working this morning, right? I think so. Rebecca Little, and then John and I continue. Good morning, Ohio Valley. I'm Rebecca Little with a look at your morning headlines for this Friday, November 10th. Although the races in Ohio for this year have concluded, a race in Ohio County is just about to begin. Candidate for Ohio County Prosecutor Sean Turak hosted a reception to kick off her campaign Thursday at River City Restaurant. She has already been with the prosecutor's office for 22 years, often covering violent cases involving murder, arson, and kidnapping. Turak tells 7 News she's running because she's dedicated her life to fighting for Ohio County. 
And Derek Smith, the owner of the now-closed Club 106 in Steubenville, appeared in court yesterday. At the Steubenville Municipal Court, he was convicted of an unspecified alcohol-related misdemeanor. Club 106 has had a history of issues with police reports detailing incidents over the past couple of years. More recently, they were accused of selling alcohol illegally. And in the past, Smith said the community needed a place to gather, and the club provided that. Looking across the Mountain State, U.S. Senator Joe Manchin has announced that he will not be running for re-election in the Senate next year. A centrist Democrat, Manchin often found middle ground with fellow moderate Democrats and Republicans. When the margin in the Senate majority narrowed to a single vote or two, Manchin often cast the deciding ballot. But he often grew weary of the deep partisan divide in Washington and elsewhere. No prominent Democrat has announced running for Senate. The Republicans have a fierce primary between Governor Jim Justice and Congressman Alex Mooney. Check this out. The holiday season has officially begun at Ogilvy Park with the initiation of their Festival of Lights celebration Thursday evening. You can check out the activities Ogilvy has to offer on their website, ogilvy.com. The Festival of Lights runs through January 7th from dusk until midnight. That was a look at your headlines for this Friday, November 10th. Have a great weekend, everybody. Is your business protected from cyber threats? In today's world, it's more important than ever to have a cybersecurity plan in place. But with so many different solutions out there, it can be hard to know where to start. That's where Omni Strategic Technologies comes in. We're a technology support firm with a strong focus on cybersecurity. We have a team of local experts who can help you assess your risks, develop a plan, and implement the right tools to serve and protect your business. If you want to get serious about cybersecurity, choose Omni Strategic Technologies for the peace of mind knowing that your business is protected and prepared. My name is Mike Campsey. I am an interventional cardiologist and the chief of cardiology at Wheeling Hospital. I think the value of HVI in this region is tremendous. We offer such a wide spectrum of services from prevention to intervention. We're going to get the patient in as quickly as possible. That's the most tremendous benefit to the patients in this region is we, we're here 24-7, we're available to see somebody. A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. Live from the Robinson Auto Group Studios in the heart of the Ohio Valley, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe.
Dave, you knew that. The if we were playing Name That Tune, you would have you named that. Like, you Kiss? Kiss? You named that like the first I mean, I know you were, back in the 70s, you were probably part of that group that wanted to, you know, what do these guys look like without their makeup Ooh, on? Right. I'm sure you were probably every Saturday night watching, you know, Solid Gold and uh, whatever else was on it. <laughs> night Train. What's it called? Night Train? Yeah. Wolfman Jack was the was the host of that. Yeah, the, yeah. I, I watched all that. Uh, 9.40, 20.00 till the hour. Newspaper editor John McCabe is here with us. Bob Slider and I are here as well. It's going to be, uh, was it sunny when you came in or the clouds still out there? It's still cloudy, but it's like, uh, just like when I was coming in this morning, you were talking about, it's not that cold out. Yeah, the temperature's still 44 degrees. Yeah. Uh, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 44 at the Highlands, 43 in Elm Grove, 43 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Uh, but it feels, I keep using the word pleasant. I, I mean, guess I walked up without a jacket yeah, on. I had no with, troubles with whatsoever. With no, um, you know, no wind or anything. Mm -mm. Just feels so. mm -mm. The clouds that are there, if they're out there, they will clear up and it will be a sunny day, a high today around uh, 54 degrees. Uh, John, a um, couple things I do want to make sure we get into on our outside of the Joe Manchin story. Uh, let's go to the city of Wheeling, first mm -hmm. of all, though. The ho homeless issue back again at Wheeling City Council. Uh, council did approve with an amendment the ban on, quote, public camping uh, in, in any public place in the city of Wheeling. In other words, the homeless can't sleep outdoors in the city right. of Wheeling. But they did put an amendment to it. They did, yeah. The amendment would, would allow, does not, does not mandate it, but would allow for one single managed camp. Um, to be decided by Bob Heron. To be decided by Bob Heron, but not managed by the city. I think that's the real distinction here is the city, you know, uh, so some of the local services uh, agencies that, that do service the homeless would have to agree to manage that. You know, would have to, you know, whether it be the Greater Wheeling Homeless Coalition, House of Hagar, whatever. Um, so I think that's the big distinction there. City, um, the council split, well, not really split, but the council voted five to two. Mm -hmm. uh, Rosemary Ketchum, who had said a week, a month ago, that she was going to vote against mm -hmm. that ordinance, uh, voted against it. And Mayor Elliott voted against it. And, I, you know, in reading um, his comments, I actually think I, part of, I would agree with him, and I think I might have voted against it, too, because if I get what he is saying, it's still not clear enough what this is going to be. What sure. This yeah. I, I, was the, I would be in favor of the ban with a managed camp if we had that managed camp better defined. Yes, and, and that really was his distinction. He had been, you know, from the beginning of this discussion over, what, maybe two, three months now, he has been right there with Ben Seidler and others of saying, we can no longer allow this to happen. You know, we've got to get this under control. Um, you know, so I know, you know, in talking to a few people on Wednesday morning, people were surprised that he didn't support it. But, you know, if you just kind of look at the, you know, listen to the blurbs and don't actually read what he said. Um, it's easy to think did he just do this? You know, after after saying X, he did Y. No, he had a you know a, a very legitimate stance on this that and you know that maybe it should have been tabled. I think it might have been appropriate to table it for another meeting until they had a better definition. But council voted five two. Um, you know, I do find and, and maybe we can just spend one minute or two talking sure. about Rosemary Ketchum. She's running for mayor, mm -hmm. and you know, I, I find it, you know, I guess from a from a political standpoint, her very clear stance and vote on this hurt or help her. Or maybe it doesn't make any difference to those who are going to well, support it, her. Well, it's, you know, I thought a lot about this. Bob and I have talked a lot about this. I think um, where some of us of an older generation, I might even include you in that, 
don't recognize that there is, and what Rosemary, I think, and this I have not spoken to her, mm-hmm. this is my analysis, what she is counting on is there is a very <coughs> large group of, I don't know what word to use, the pro- progressive artistic mm-hmm. crowd uh, that would be in favor of, or will not be in favor of this homeless thing, they support the homeless. I think she's counting on there being a strong enough cadre of people that are in her corner to carry her through because I think it is not what we might consider to be what the average people of the city would agree with. Yeah. But I think she's counting on there's a strong group of people out there who will go to the polls and vote. Um, and I think that's what she's counting on. Again, I'm I'm doing a little political analysis here that I don't have any knowledge yeah. of. Yeah, I you know, I I tend to agree with with your your thought there. It just I do wonder when you're allowing public safety to be put at risk and you're almost just choosing to ignore it. That's, you know, that that's a tougher one to maybe to explain to voters. Well, I think the... Because the alternative right now is that the city continues to do nothing. See, I, I am, I am, I'm trying to look at it from some other perspective. Sure, I, sure. I agree, and I've been saying all along, listen, I am, as every single member of council has said, I want to provide services to the homeless. I recognize there is a societal need for that not everybody is a bum there some of them are just in bad circumstances and we cannot ignore that but we also can't ignore that it has now become a it's it's intruding into the public space Mm -hmm. it's become a public issue become somewhat of a public safety issue a public concern and you got to balance those. You know, I mean, Ty Thorngate is by no means a conservative in, in his viewpoints. No. And when he comes out and says, you know, we can no longer allow these folks to hold us hostage. And, right. you know, the, the city can no longer, you know, I mean, he had some really good points. But I think there are, what concerns, what, not concerns, what, what frustrates me is there are answers. And I think answer one is to deal with the issue of the outdoor sleeping with a mm-hmm. managed camp that is better defined. Then we move on to issues like, how do we deal with panhandling? How do we deal with providing better services for the homeless? And at some point, it's not really a city concern, but at some point as a society, how do we get to a point where we try to not have so many homeless to begin with? Well, yeah, but as but a you tax— gotta take a, you got to take it my point. You do. you got to do it one at a time. But, but I guess the, the alternative to that is, you know, the city taxpayers have already dumped millions of dollars into this problem, and it's made zero difference. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe it's not been done correctly, maybe, but, but, you know, a lot of money has been thrown at this problem, and it hasn't—it's just gotten worse. I mean, I think we all can agree, if you look back over the past five or six years, the problems were that, that were— seeing and hearing about today were nowhere near as prevalent, um, you know, halfway through the term of this current council in their, their first term. So, you know, something has changed. Um, and, you know, uh, again, it's, I don't know, I, I find this to be, again, I don't continue to say what we've, what we've editorialized on that, you know, this council has seven months left in office you know this is this they need to continue to work through this problem but depending and, and on who the it. next mayor and council people are there could be a whole different this there council, well could this be. council may this council is even though there was a split here they tend to be a little more progressive council they do um and a newer council coming in we're going to have at least two new council members mm-hmm. because we know that rosemary is running and i'm pretty sure chad is announcing soon yep so there gonna be two seats open and maybe another one, um, and a new mayor for sure. Mm-hmm. So, so the, the new council could come in and wipe out whatever they do. Sure, that's sure, and, and that's not a, an unlikely possibility. We'll continue talking yep. about this in a minute, Bob. Let's take. A, do I need a break? Correct, sir. We'll take a break, 
And if we have a minute or two, we'll talk about the Ohio sure. issues one and two. Hi, this is Hoppy Kirchival from TalkLine on Metro News. Show comes your way weekdays, 10.06 till noon. Next show, Friday morning. And coming up on the Friday edition, U.S. Senator Joe Manchin joins us at 11.06. Also, because it's Friday, that means steam release, your chance to vent get off your chest, plus all the news of the day. So keep track of what's happening in West Virginia and enjoy steam release. Talk line Friday morning at 10.06, right here on this Metro News radio station. Looking to buy or sell a home? For a reliable, experienced agent that has been serving the tri-state area for over 30 years, contact Denise Pavlik, realtor salesperson with Paul Associates in the Glendale Marshall County office at 304-281-5250. If you're looking for an affordable hotel with comfortable accommodations and a friendly staff, make sure to book your stay at Sleep In and Suites in Moundsville. It's a non-smoking hotel with an experience that is comfortable and soothing. With no shortage of comfy, floppy pillows on a cozy bed, you're sure to have a great night's sleep. They also offer complimentary breakfast, free Wi-Fi. They have tons of amenities, and they're located in the heart of Moundsville. Book a room now at sleepinmoundsville.com. What if your bank offered new checking and savings accounts with a very low balance required, online bill pay, and debit cards issued right away? I would like that. What if that bank had extended hours every business day and were open on Saturdays and most holidays? That's incredible. And if all their accounts had low fees or no fees? That's money in the bank, the right bank. Open your checking and savings account at Main Street Bank. You deserve a bank this good. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Great conversation continues now on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. When we're living here in So many. It's a, first place, it's uh, nearby, uh, Pennsylvania, Allentown, Bethlehem. And secondly, I love Billy Joel. Well, and the issues addressed are issues oh, that could the, be Mingo Junction, Steubenville, Weirton. We're, we're still having them here. Exactly. Yeah. Same same issues in you know, just different Rust Belt communities. Once again, That's Mr. Wrong. Slider, a good selection yeah. of, uh, of uh, bumper music for today. What are you working on for Monday? Got any ideas? We'll see what happens this weekend, Howard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Newspaper editor John McCabe and I uh, wrapping up the Friday roundtable. John, um, I wasn't surprised, but um, a pretty convincing win for both issues one and issues two in Ohio. Yeah, what, 57-43 roughly for both. Um, they were about looks like about 50% turnout in Ohio for that special or for the when the special election it was a general election, uh, off your general election. Um, you know, what I found interesting – uh, with issue one in particular is how, you know, it didn't take long after the the vote was kind of finished for the Ohio um, GOP, both the Senate and the House Speaker, to come out and say, well, you know, now we need to start working to unwind this. And, right. you know, it's just going to be an ongoing battle of, you know, ballot initiatives and referendums. Yeah, one of them is going to – so the, the, the abortion access passed. There will be another one. Yeah, to, to limit. To limit abortion and access. And I think this is just a, a you know – a great, a great reminder that folks don't like to be told by government, you know, what to do. Ohio took a very hard line uh, with abortion, you know, and I believe it was totally illegal. In it was state. basically a yeah. complete ban, yes. And, 
you know, and and you're going to get pushback on that. And they did. Uh, and they, you know, they had strong uh, registration leading into this, uh, primarily from, you know, younger folks. Um, and I think it was a, a severe, as I look at a severe miscalculation uh, from the, the Ohio GOP. On the, uh, on the issue two, which is the legalization of marijuana for recreational use, uh, it was not a constitutional amendment. Right. It simply changed the statute. Uh, and already you have GOP yeah. leaders who say, well, and they are correct, they, they can they just, just go, pass a law. They can yeah. just go in, pass a law, right. and re- revise the statute, right. and they will almost certainly make an effort at doing that. I think there is an over – I think some of the folks who are pleased by these results, however – are misinterpreting these results. I've been talking about this. This now will finally take back the state house. The people have yes. finally spoken. Now we're going to be Democrat. It is easy, not easy, but it is easier to get people behind an issue they care about. We're seeing it across the country, and it's Democrat and Republican, mm-hmm. Frank, with abortion in particular, who are just rebelling against the legislature's going too far. Sure, 100%. And therefore, that particular issue had success. Ohio is the 24th state in the country to legalize recreational marijuana. There is a desire and a demand for that by the people across the country. Uh, I, I don't think that turns into votes at election time. Though. I don't either. And, and, the, and the way the map is set up in Ohio makes it difficult anyway. Uh, you know, the map is very favorable to Republicans because that's they, they draw the maps. And, you know, we continue to see the ongoing redistricting issue in Ohio uh, that's been, you know, just a, a We still don't have a constitutional. We still don't. No, the, we still don't. That, acceptable. that is still hanging out there from the redistricting uh, commission. So, um, yeah, I, I don't look into either. You know, I look into issue one is just, you know, the Ohio uh, House and Senate went too far. You know, if they had a reasonable idea and, uh, and and approach to this it would have maybe been different um, you know and then with issue two um, you know no matter where I stand on it you know half the states now roughly have have legalized marijuana we've not seen uh, you know all of the troubles and concerns that I think folks thought we would see starting in Colorado mm-hmm. uh, all those years ago and, you know, and as I look at it here, and I think you and I spoke about it earlier this week, you know, if this does not get over, you know, overturned in some way, you know, how, how our local cities handle this, you know, if Martins Ferry or St. Clairsville will say, we don't, want, we don't want it to be sold in our community, so it's going to have to go out into Richland Township or wherever. Yeah, you, you'll, you will see a lot of, of activity probably by individual towns, yeah. townships, villages, cities, and so on. I mean, so if on. you look, you know, I mean, and it's a typical Ohio election, you know, and it's just the way the state is formed, you know, the, the, uh, on both issues, you know, two-thirds of the counties oppose them. But your big population centers, you right. know, Columbus, Cleveland, Toledo, Cincinnati, have you know just have such a you know there's more people in Columbus than there are in uh, you know along the entirety of the Ohio River, in Ohio. you know. I guess thinking philosophically, trying to take a big picture point of view from learning from these things and and maybe talking about Joe Manchin mixing into this and so on. If our elected officials, even those who have very strong opinions about issues, would be more willing to listen to what they're hearing from the people, not give in, but being willing to listen to find some middle ground. This abortion, this amendment would not have passed if the, as as you've said several times here, if the legislature had not been so didactic that they were not going to let it happen. Right. A modern approach, 
probably would have. Sure, 10 know. weeks, 12 weeks, six weeks, even maybe even, you know, I mean, if, if a measured approach on that, that does allow for, and again, I'm not sitting here advocating for abortion in any way, but it's just the, the politics of it. No, people, I'm talking about, no, yeah, it's just, you know, people there, there do not like to be told you cannot do this. And again, it's, a, it's not even a Democrat thing, though. No. After Roe v. Wade was, was uh, overturned, and some of the states began getting too aggressive in, mm-hmm. in, in banning. Well, you saw it in Kansas. Yeah. yeah. You're, you are seeing a coalition of people saying, now, wait a minute. You just, now you're going a little bit too far. Right. And I think you saw that also around the country in some places, too. You, you saw several states and even in local districts with school boards and so on where the, the not letting you teach history in schools mm-hmm. and not letting you have certain books in schools – there's a backlash against sure. that. It goes too far. 100%. Yeah, yeah. you know. Work, work something out. Yes. Uh, and, again, it's the problem we, we often talk about is that the fringes of both parties have been given an outsized voice. And, you know, at some level people say that's that's not that's not how our country is supposed to operate. John, uh, you know what I haven't seen in your paper, haven't talked about on my radio show, haven't seen in the TV7? I haven't seen anything about the deer kill since the deer kill got started. Yeah, it's been relatively quiet. Um, uh, you know, up from up at Ogilvy, they did have the hunt Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You know, depending on who you want to believe. You know, four people showed up. You know, two people. You know, so there's a lot of a lot of conjecture out there on on what it was. But twenty you know, people won. Twenty the people were were picked to go hunt at Ogilvy uh, over those three days. They could bag a maximum of three deer, so that's sixty deer. Um, you know, and I think when, you know, once you, know, you started really to think about, and we published a story last week, and that kind of went through the highlight or the guidelines, and you start to think about, you know, is a is 60 deer going to make a difference? Bob, you think it could, though, right? If it was done right, but you don't know. Yeah. You just don't know now. That's I mean, the, that's the phrase for the soul. We don't know. I, I, we don't know how many people. And the Bob choice Trent. of weapon, again, I, I just, look, the... The incentive is to get rid of the deer, right? right okay, then get rid of the deer and quit messing around. And I, I think now they, they screwed up again, but that's just me. And and again, we just we don't we've heard nothing about it. Now I'm guessing, speaking as a PR kind of person, I'm guessing what the park did not want to do is put out a press release about how many deer were sure, killed the day sure. before they turned on the festival of lights. Well, Bob, and you know as well. I mean, again, you know, uh, so bagging three deer in three days that's a that's a lot of work when you have to you know when you have to gut. And you can't leave the entrails in the woods as you normally would do. Right, John. Um, the only so thing I might say is it's you're not going to be in a hollow. Yeah. It's not going to be a real tough drag. No, it's not. But you're right. It takes time. Sure. It and takes you know, time. You do that on a Monday, and maybe you do it on a Tuesday. Come Wednesday, you're like, you know, do I really want to go back in the woods again? And once you get a couple, how do you know they're going to take the third deer? They yeah. might say, hey, that's enough for us. I'm good. That, exactly right. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I never thought about that. Let's assume that all 20 lottery winners mm-hmm. went up on Monday. Uh, even if they don't bag three, they may not all have been. They may not all bag their three. Sure. They may say, "Okay, I've got a couple." And yeah, this is, yeah this so is maybe it. you ended up with you know thirty-eight instead of the max of sixty. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, at some point, Ogilby is going to have to discuss this. Um, all right, I got to run. Uh, are you? Uh, I assume you'll have uh, some mansion stories coming up over oh, the weekend. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm sure. And anything else exciting that you want to tell us about? Anything else exciting? Period. I mean, obviously, it? Veterans Day tomorrow. Let's you know we, we ah. should at least make a should've make a note. Yes, yeah, thank you, know, you. Thank, thank you, everyone. Thank you. Veteran Eleventh Day, Eleventh Month. Um, you know that is uh, you know for all the veterans in our community, and there are a lot. You know, um, it's a special day for them, and a day that uh, allows the rest of us to to uh, you know yeah, thank them the for their service. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah.
All right, John. Appreciate it, uh, Mr. Slider. You and I get to get, you have a good weekend. Uh, Everybody have a great we weekend. Not forget yep. uh, the uh, good, good old, old boys, boys on, on sports. sports at eight o'clock, and uh, this afternoon at noon, at Gumby's uh, come out and join the Pine Room guys. Waving good luck to the folks. In Let's go park. ABC News. I'm Derek Dennis. Just in, a fugitive wanted in connection with the January 6th Capitol insurrection is captured. Agents had been tracking Gregory Yetman and were about to arrest him Wednesday near Princeton, New Jersey, when he ran.